Welcome to House Common Blood, where strangers are family. Every episode contains graphic content, including, but not limited to, copious amounts of blood, unnecessary cursing, death of all ages, be they infants or immortals, fantasy drug use, nudity, mentions of sex, and sound effects of various qualities. We cannot stress enough that this is mature content with adult themes. You have been warned. Be fruitful and become many. Com Blood. I'm Gray, your DM and host, and we are a D&D 5e podcast currently playing the adventure Hangman March of Storms. This story follows a group of misfits facing sentient calamities threatening to destroy the world, led by a Genasi ar- army called the Rebirth Bastion. In a nutshell, our party of former prisoners, once used for covert uh, operations by the Giuliano government, embarks on a journey. They have confronted an emotional vampire controlling the town of Shayam, which was made of a thinking slime mimic, a sentient calamity. After a fierce battle, they defeated the vampire, but not without consequence, such as a curse from a hag, as an example. Having broken free from imprisonment, the group sets off, even delivering cookies to another hag. However, one member of the group is cursed to kill a living seal, leading them to a dungeon with a burial site for a terrace skeleton. This dungeon was created by an architect wizard turned elder brain named Owen. To break said curse, they agreed to an unusual pact, trans- transplanting the elder brain of a wizard into a skeleton of a terrace. Adding to the intrigue, a fire genasi necromancer named Phoenix, serving as lieutenant to Infernalix, The Ashbringer has a keen interest in the skeleton of a Tarrasque and has now teleported himself into the burial site of said skeleton. I'm joined today by Mega. Hello. I'm Mega, and I play the Otter Boy Triton Bastard class Eddie, as well as Eddie, and similarly named characters. As well as Moo. Hello. I play Seer. The Genasi, I would say, alchemists right now, they're not really a spellcaster due to being MT, that is very much hated by everybody because Genasi. And uh, finally, our woodman, Rakuzin. Howdy, everyone. I am Rakuzin. I play Mavet Soha Fidash, the recently resurrected monk, druid, multi-class cool dude. All right. I guess uh, the only thing that we really need to address uh, today is we had some uh, PvP. A lot of PvP. A real fucking lot of player versus player. Uh, Eddie has effectively killed half the party. Um, first with Seer. In the last session, it was Mavet, who was uh, 
taunting our poor otter boy going through a uh, traumatic experience as Eddie has uh, remembered a few things he forgot. After a back and forth with Mavette, Eddie goes to the uh, scrying pool filled with uh, the two black mirrors and the uh, fountain pool. After getting both of these uh, uh, trapped party members out of the mirror via Dispel Magic, Owen, the Elder Brain, requested the party to look within the scrying pool. And within it, we've seen our, uh, our Fire Genasi Dragonborn, Phoenix, uh, being under attack by uh, hordes of uh, goblins led by Gungra, who destroyed, or were destroying, the wizard tower he was occupying, previously uh, owned by Owen. Running away down the stairs, trying to get to the basement to get into the dungeon, he faced a uh, rock and a hard place where the entrance goes straight to uh, the greenhouse that Yorgu, the gatekeeper to the grave of ill omens, is sitting on his throne. And uh, to, behind Phoenix is uh, Gungra, king of the goblins. In a last ditch effort, he casted a certain spell to ferry himself away and by the sounds of it it was a gamble as he wasn't entirely sure he would get to his destination and the scene ends with him in the grave of ill omens walking towards the skeleton of a tarasque i believe that's everything we ready to get into this yes daddy just to clarify then very much we just ended scene after very much mavet and seer popped out Popped out and looked at the scrying pool. That is correct, Amundo. It is currently 5.15. Um, one thing I should note, and uh, I, I will make you guys aware of this. If you guys look uh, at the top left corner, you will see a, a calendar, a clock. Um, and you'll see that's ticking. I'm going to pause it for right now through my uh, explanation. But uh, throughout our sessions going forward, um, as you guys uh, speak... And as I'm not uh, <laughs> essentially narrating or uh, giving explanations on your thoughts, uh, time will move forward, and we'll take that as idle actions. You're running during combat time, is it? It's, it's it goes at six second uh, increments. It, it follows the actual timing rules for combat. Oh, that's cool. I, it, that is a good question. Okay, here we go. Excellent. All right, so I'm going to start the timer. Uh, right after I established what you guys just saw. You are all in this room, looking within this silver pool. You've seen visions of this uh, uh, Genasi, uh, this fire Genasi uh, dragonborn, uh, dashing away from these uh, goblins and teleporting within this beautiful landscape that is decorated with the mountainous, uh, mountainous skeleton of a Tarrasque. With that, with that ending, it goes to black as you guys have caught up to where you are right now. Vision blacks out, and you guys are within the room. What do you do? Well, this is not good. Then, Eddie, Mavet, Aluya, I'm guessing we can't idle any longer. What is the best course of action? Do you think we should head forward there? Because I would say I need a little bit of time before doing so, since it seems that I might be a bit of dead weight. I mean, if the dude's already in the graveyard, doesn't that mean they're going to start doing something now? 
that's the problem, is that if you desire for me to come forward, be aware that I won't be able to do much. But I think that doesn't matter as much. Even the little bits of things that I can do still can help. Uh, I guess clarification for the vision. It's like, uh, like they're just in the graveyard right now? Or are they actually like interacting with the uh, the skeleton? They're in the graveyard, and it looks like it will take some time for them to reach the skeleton. And I need to specify, uh, you guys are aware that... <laughs> I, I guess I should probably lay down the groundwork, and don't worry, I pause the clock here. You guys are aware of a few elements here. First of all, again, if I haven't uh, really dug deep and uh, reiterated this, I apologize. But I, I guess I shouldn't bury the lead here. The Tarask is already alive. If I haven't made that perfectly clear, I'm going to make it clear right now. What's happening is right now it is trapped by a seal. It was reanimated a very long time ago, and this uh, circle of druids have been keeping it at bay, uh, uh, trapped within the Grave of Ill Omens. What is happening here is this necromancer is going towards the skeleton, which again is a fair distance away, and is going to try to break the seal. And again, it is a seal. It's not something he could break within 10 minutes, a half an hour, or even an hour. It'll take some time. But you guys don't know how much time you do have. I'm just saying it's not so short that you can't take a short rest. But you guys have a lot of things to do really fucking quick. It is time to make decisions and start running. Um, any uh, Anything I didn't clarify? Did I uh, answer your initial inquiry? Yeah, that particular lead got buried because, like, uh, I've been under the impression the whole time that we've been after a Tarasque skeleton. It is a Tarasque skeleton. It is just animated. I've mentioned that a couple times. It's just, again, like, I need to reiterate it and make it to the point. Again, like, I'm not... We've been here for a while, and not a lot of questions have been, like, uh, you know, uh, asked about the skeleton just to refresh memories here. So it's not alive. It's undead. It's an undead skeleton. Tarask skeleton. That I was like sitting there going like, it's not well technically if it's Tarask, they don't ever really die, so it could be alive. Is it is the Tarask named Schrodinger? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Do you feel as though like the, the moniker undead uh would have been a uh, uh, a clear indication from the get-go? <laughs> yes, it is undead. It it is undead currently. I apologize. That's again, that's why we're re-going over this. Uh, but anyway then here's the thing i could tell you from what i can see is that if it is something that they're going to try to release since i know we talked to gungren about not wanting to deal with the mage or being betrayed he's capable of magic which means then he might be highly potent in breaking enchantments and seals so i propose that we have time but not a lot Uh, well if i'm being honest if you all need to rest, I could keep an eye out, or my ear, to where the chamber is. Well, the thing is, we need to find the chamber first, because canonically, we both don't know where it is. It, by what Gray said, we forgot all our memory on things, so we, from that point to all the way till there, we don't know where it is. Only Eddie knows. It, Eddie can spend... I, I'm not going to shortchange you on this. Like, like I said, it's just uh, all the very specifics. Uh, I, I believe it was half mentioned by Eddie or Luya that you guys met a fucking tree monster uh, guarding the entrance. 
If not, it's a quick couple second uh, reminder here. All right, cool. Then I'll just go back to what I was going to say. It's like, then if we need to take the rest, I sadly won't be able to rest. I need to make concoctions. I'm going to say that if we're dealing with a creature of that magnitude or possibly a mage that has wide variety of spells, I at least would like to be able to be effective against it. I propose we, if we take a rest, we go to the place where we found the keg of poison. I can at least try to make something from it. So is it safe to say we're changing scenery here? That we're uh, going over to uh, the uh, uh, the keg room with uh, the animal experiments? I like that. Hey, there you are, Mr. Peckins. Uh, he actually uh, does come in late, and he's standing in the hallways, uh, just glancing at you guys, and just gives a nod. All right. If we plan to rest, I might need some assistance. Is it okay if I steal Louia for assistance, Elm Gray? Absolutely. <laughs> I might as well make them useful when they're not here. Yep, she'd be she'd be helpful. Cool. You too, if you can. Based off what you know, Eddie, maybe you can navigate some way to get past the creature. I have a few things. I didn't have everything burned. I have. This pulls out the potion of clairvoyance, and I also have this. Pulls out the potion of growth. Okay. If you can make use with those two, so be it. But for the time being, I'm going to figure out how to make a poisonous bane for whatever we encounter. Okay. So are you giving those potions to Luya? To Eddie specifically, because I could give it to Luya, but they're not here. So if Luya was here, I would have given it to Luya, but to Eddie now. Aluya, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi there, Nita here. I play Aluya Obok, the human cleric sorcerer. So, Sir, you need help with something? I am planning to do a very dangerous thing. So I would like extra hands, especially since I am, well, exhausted from my, well, not mine, my other's endeavors. Right, right. Okay, uh, sure, I'll, I'll help you. Whatever you need. See this vat of poison that we explored before? This one that, well, leaves a blue scar. Yes, okay. So, I will tell you honestly, with the amount of time we have, I will not be able to replicate that. But I can try to make a vessel that lets us be able to carry it, if you help me. I'm not sure how I can help, but you tell me what I need to do and I shall do it. I just need a pair of extra hands to make this work. So even just you being there helps. Okay. You know, I already have some ball of tears or tear balls. So how many things do I have? So I got to go through. So basically, Aluya, to f- explain why time's click- um, ticking, you're seeing like Seer just ravishing through their stuff, pulling out like flasks, glass bottles, vials, putting them on the ground and just kind of like he- heavily just like digging through their things. It's not only just to assess what they have left, but to assess what they can do as they also pull out oil flasks. And do you, dump, do you dump them? I dump three. I have six. So I have three more flasks added. All right. Perfectly fine. Um, the only restriction with uh, how much you can grab is how many uh, bottles that you have. Um, I'm not going to say that you. Yeah, I was going to say I'm not not going to say you find a shit ton of bottles in this room or around this place. What you have is what you got. That's why I'm trying to make sure because like with a what I love about a flask is that it can hold up 1.5 pounds where a bottle can hold far more than that. 
That's why I'm not worried about the tear balls. Because I do... A ball's tears got you. Yeah, because I already have, like, a full bottle. Oh, no, I actually only have a flask. That's still a lot. So I have three flasks of skin of Nahesh and one flask of balls of tears. I might do another another flask. And then what I will do after dipping the flasks into the skin of Nahesh and seeing if the magic catches to the bottles, I will then attempt to grab some of this horrifying poison that eludes my brain. Basically, I'm going to get two flasks of, you know, tears of ball. I already have three flasks of Nahesh. Now I was, I'm going to try to get three bottles of the very potent poison. That's what I'm saying. I forgot the name of on that one. That's the one that's scary. It's because you, you even said it's like, even though the other two are in their containers, that's the one that you cannot transport, period. So I, I'm with the Nahesh thing. I'm burning one flask to see if it holds the liquid. If it fails, I waste the bottle and I don't have it ruin and kill me, you know? Okay, okay, J- just to specify, like this is a, uh, a vial that you've uh, dipped into uh, the scales of uh, Nahesh and you're grabbing uh, the yellow liquid, is that correct? The yellow liquid to test if it holds and then the poison liquid. Yeah, uh, you do so, and you are able to get the fluid. Beautiful. For both, or just for one? For both. Then that means then I have three tears of balls, three skins of Nahesh, and then three dragon tears. If you want, uh, do you necessarily want all the tears of ball? Uh, you, you don't know what happens when you ingest it or apply it to a person. You know if someone ferments in it, it has a resurrective uh, property to it, though. Like, I would love to have it all kind of thing, because the big thing is that I can refine it. It's not something I need to use for emergency. It's purely being like, okay, having this here means that later on, once I figure out fully how it its properties work. It, it, you know what? What what I will give you, because again, I'm going to let that 28 roll a little high since I gave you some bad information on Tears of Ball. Um, I think what I could tell you is... There is a good chance that it might this uh, property, this uh, uh, liquid, these uh, tears of ball, might be able to accelerate your uh, process for making corpse brew. Oh, all right. Yep. So Ooh. essentially, you're gra- you're grabbing uh, the syrup to soda, essentially, and uh, you have the water. Now that you say that, this is horrifying for me to do, but I think what I will do is I will get a giant bottle of it. Then I have one glass bottle which is the biggest so that means i'll have three flasks of it and then one bottle of it okay uh how many uh doses are in there or i should say how many fluids let me get it for you because like based off what i've been looking up a flask can hold about for a empty flask it can hold 1.5 pounds based off what i'm seeing and a bottle i could be wrong but i'm looking at it correctly can hold about I would say 2.5 pounds. So sizable, you know? Um, besides that, the only thing would be just while we have our short rest would be flavor. Maybe me asking Eddie and Aluya, all right, I need to know everything that happened to me, but we could cover that after people take care of their things. You know? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's perfectly fine. Does anyone have any activities that they want to do during the short rest so long as it is light? So... Actually, how much time has passed by this point since uh, since Eddie killed Bobette? 
Oh, since uh, Eddie killed my vet, Jesus. Um. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say that probably ha- happened around uh, four thirty, uh, between four thirty and four fifteen. I'm gonna say about no, uh, closer to four thirty, four forty-five, because uh, I'm gonna say going around all the quadrants, going north, east, then uh, south. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say good like uh, half an hour, uh, forty-five minutes have passed since then. Yeah, I just wasn't sure about like. Uh... You know, like, because, like, uh, as you said uh, uh, last session, that, you know, like, more time is passing than, like, the distance on the map would suggest, like, when we yes. were traveling about. So I... Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to remind myself to uh, mention it every time I can when you guys are uh, uh, traversing. It's just uh, it hasn't been too important lately. Uh, but in which case, um, uh, yeah, Eddie is going to see if... Um, I guess it would just kind of like say it out loud. Just, uh, just to kind of like, you know, like a test the air as it were. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, hey, Eddie, are you there? Uh, you catch Mobet's attention by saying that. It's like uh, there was a sudden jerk. It's like there was a sudden jerk when you said that, Eddie. And uh, Mavet is basically uh, whatever direction he was facing is now towards you. I like blinks for a moment. Just like, like, Eddie, are you hiding? Just one second. I, I need to know from Mavet before I continue on. Mavet, what were you? Uh, what were your plans during this uh, short rest? You were acting as a sentry. Yeah, I was acting as a sentry for the door. Uh, you were forcibly moved from your post, and you are now a step closer to Eddie with that follow-up question. Yeah. Um, take it as you uh, want. You don't feel intense emotion. You don't get a uh, verbal response. Uh, this is the only interaction you're getting with your inquiry is uh, interactions from Mavet. Like he's being puppeted. Um, actually, can you do me an insight check, please? Um, 17. I I guess uh, I'm trying to think of an equivalent here. I think it's uh, the, the equivalent of uh, you're getting the feeling uh, like uh, much like a uh, nurse refusing go- to go to the hospital because she's sick. She doesn't want to contaminate the patient. In uh, the same regard, you get a feeling that Eddie doesn't want to... He's trying to limit his interactions with you so he doesn't do more damage. So, he's presenting you with uh, something that he knows right now won't hurt you. A tree man. (laughs) A party member. With that bit of, like, uh, insight in mind, he kind of, like, you know, like, uh, takes out his vape pens, like, you know, like, starts, uh, you know, just, like, you know, like, giving, like, a, you know... And inhale and letting that breathe out, like really sitting on the thought. So before continuing, Eddie, you know I'm not hurt, right? Mavet, you you do hear Eddie talking to himself. Like, are you just observing Eddie as he talks? Uh, well, I noticed. Did I notice my body be forcibly moved, or did it just? Yes, it is a very obvious movement against your will. I, if I haven't stressed it enough, it, you have no choice in the matter. That is not me saying this is what your character would do. I am telling you, this is what happens. Okay, I just wanted to make sure, like I, I knew it was against. It wasn't what I was trying to do. Yeah, it is against your will. Uh, Eddie, are you are you doing something to me? Uh, Nah, Eddie's just a bit scared right now. Is is uh, Eddie inside of me? Uh, your hand finds its way to uh, Eddie's head. Do you resist at all, Mavet? Or you just... Uh, <laughs> I just need to clarify from this point forward. Is that the? I'm not thinking like 
me being controlled is malicious. So I, I'm, I'm playing it off like I'm not thinking it's going to happen, but it just happens anyways. I think it, it starts off with a little scruffle on the head, then eventually makes its way down to uh, uh, your hand, makes its way down to uh, Eddie's shoulder. And it stays there for a little bit. Step Eddie, what are you doing? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Eddie, with a little bit more seriousness on this note, <laughs> what do you do? Step Eddie. Uh, like, uh, Eddie will, like, uh, smile softly. Uh, think, like, I know why you did what you did. And, well, yes, I can't really ignore the fact that it was my fault a little bit. No, not a little bit. A lot of bit. But you were just doing what you thought was protecting me. But... And he kind of, like, uh, uh, takes another, like, a small drag of that before continuing. But, like, me, as I am right now, knowing, I think maybe it's better that way. So, and, like, uh, even though it's, like, a, again, maybe above it, like, getting a bit awkward for you. But uh, Eddie is going to, like, uh, you know, like, uh, take one hand and put it on, like, up. Mavet's chest around like where he would you know like at least on like a uh, on a normal um, humanoid individual would be like where the heart is uh, this place right here it's going to get hurt a lot but it's because that it gets hurt that we get stronger that we get better so even if it really hurts it needs to hurt else we just stay the same way we always were no understand what i'm trying to say um my vet like uh go over your appearance one more time for me and i'm, I'm going to uh, tell you a couple things that happens to your body my vet is a wood golem with dark ashen wood throughout his body spikes upon his shoulders and the back of his neck resembling that of a samurai like cyber samurai helmet with a gaping hole in his abdomen where smoke reminiscent of Eddie's vape pen swirls about. All right. And what does your eyes look like again? Um, so, uh, my vet really doesn't have eyes. It's just, um, circles. Um, it looks like a helmet. So is it um, any indents, I should say? Like any sockets? Yes, it's more indents, not pupils like you would see on a human. Okay. Like your eyes begin to glow a yellow, and there's a bit of smoke around your face. And your mouth begins to say things. If you are hurt, is it not right to heal? Heal, heal yourself? To bring it back to what it once was? Uh, Eddie considers the question for a moment. Before responding, when it hurts on the outside, yeah, but when it hurts on the inside, it hurts your feelings. When you feel bad in the heart, bad in the brain, it's like if you'd set it back to normal over and over again, and it never gets stronger, so you're just going to keep getting hurt in the same way over and over again. But if you let it heal by itself and next time it happens well it won't hurt as much anymore or maybe even not at all uh, you and i we've met a lot of people and i mean like a lot of people and connected with a lot of them we've both seen all the things 
that they've been through. Things that they wouldn't tell others and sometimes maybe wouldn't always tell themselves. But we also both saw that the ones that were hurt the most were like super strong, you know, as they lived through it. So as Mavet's arm slides down from Eddie's shoulder upon his chest, your heart is here. And as Mavet takes out his finger and draws a line crisscross against his heart, when it has the slightest cut, it stops beating. Eddie, I don't want to risk this. And I need to stress each time Mavet speaks, it there there's moments where he seems disassociative, acting as a mouthpiece, his eyes glowing bright then dimming throughout a sentence. Like it's a mix between uh, two things, two entities at once. Uh, oh yeah, I guess I, it would be hard to explain to you. Because, well, we're kind of different, right? As he kind of like uh, takes his own hand and like puts it over the currently Mavets on his chest. To like kind of like emphasize what he's talking about. I, yeah, when this place gets hurt physically... That can be, like, really bad. That part, you know. But it's different when it's hurt by, like, an emotion or a thought. As you can get hurt so many times, but it won't tear. It won't break. It hurts, but in a way that's different. Uh, you're not putting me in danger when I'm allowed to be hurt that way. So kind of like... And then, like, another thought crosses his mind, and he, like, uh, follows up with that. I think maybe you're experiencing that for the first time, too. I think you're hurting right now. Be fruitful and become many. So I feel like I have to ask, it's like, oh, was that about that line? <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. Uh, I was thinking of uh, the second part. Go on. The many is safe under us. Do you wish to... Do you wish to be hurt? Uh, considers for a moment, like, you know, taking into consideration how Eddie understands things uh, before responding. Uh, it's it's still really okay to keep my body safe. But if that sort of feeling happens again, like, like uh, he kind of like pauses a bit more on before he says the next bit. Something like with if happens again, I think I should keep feeling it, even if it hurts in the moment. Because uh, you know what, Eddie? No matter what's happened, and no matter what will happen, uh, you've always been by my side. You're basically my brother. And I think as long as you're here, even if you're not protecting me from the stuff that's like more emotional, you make my heart heal just by being there. Just by being you. Because we're in this together, right? Mavet, again, taking his finger, putting a little bit more pressure onto Eddie's heart. Do you wish to be hurt? Do you want to become strong? And as he finishes that last word, puts a little bit more pressure into Eddie's chest. Me too. And as Mavet grabs onto Eddie's shirt... He pulls him in closer, wraps his arms around Eddie, then so it shall be, as he gives Eddie a squeeze. And Eddie 
will hug back. <laughs> yeah, this is all. I want to imagine this is all happening uh, happening concurrently with each other. With uh, Seer and Luya giving you space, perhaps giving you the eye once in a while while uh, looking at this these barrels. And we see this embrace from a side profile, and we see Mavet's eyes dim. And Mavet, you have full control of your character. Well, uh, thank you for the hug, Eddie. Well, like, uh, adding it to himself, he, like, uh, uh, let's go of Mavet. Uh, sorry. Eddie and I, we had to work some stuff out. I just learned a lot in the last hour or so. It's okay. If you need another one of those, I'm always here for you. You don't need Eddie to force me. Uh, well... Yeah, hopefully, though, we won't need a whole lot of deep conversations like that. I I will say, and you can feel this from the bottom of your heart, uh, Eddie, if you wish to call your Echo Knight, Eddie, before you manifest him, and this isn't going to be a recurring thing, it's just for the very first summon, I'm actually going to need a wisdom save from you when you feel that Eddie is ready to call Eddie. And I'll explain why, depending on a success or failure. I'm not entirely sure if you cut out or if you just said one word to me. I said okie doke. Okay, okie doke. Got you. Yep. Yep. Just uh, remind, uh, uh, make sure you announce when you uh, call him and we'll deal with that uh, whenever you feel it's it's acceptable. But anyways, uh, anyone else doing anything during the short rest? Will you just give side eye? Oh, they get to hug? Fantastic. I, I was not invited, but okay. I mean, are, are you that distressed? I mean, like, it was a thing before, like, I tried to get a hug from Eddie, and it was, like, pulling teeth, but it came so natural with my vet. So, what I'm hearing is that, as you see, like, Seer messing with the bottles, a hint of jealousy, hmm. Yes, I mean, if you want to hug me, it might burn, but I am open to it as well. From what it sounds like, it's not that I need a hug, it sounds like that you need a hug. Maybe we both need it. You can bring it in any time. I'll be honest, I'm not very used to hugs. Mainly because of the fact that I don't often give hugs to those that potentially were going to try to kill me. Although, that's not always true. I actually had potions where I turned myself to another thing to at least help patients out. Right. You tried to kill me, but I'll hug you so tight. If I could stroke your hair, I would. Tell you what. I'll give you something that Eddie can never do with me. I think you know that I'm able to make concoctions that allow me to alter myself, correct? Mm-hmm. I will give you the rare transformation of another time when you can do so. I don't tend to have people play with my hair. I will hold you to it. By the way, their hair is very much now, like, pixie cut right now, because I want you to understand that they just came out of a vat of water. So it's just slowly kindling up again. It's a great look for you. Either way you hurt. The short works. Only lasts for about three hours. Hang on, we're, we're going a little fast here. Uh, so you just changed your hair? Well, remember, um, when they first met Seer, they forced her to wear like something to keep her head wet. And that's because their hair slowly ignites back into fire and slowly grows back to its length due to the fire growing. And due to the fat, to the fact that I just got out of a giant drenched amount of water from the mirror, my I went bald. What I'm asking is, uh, is this a hair of fire? Just to uh, clarify. 
Okay, that's what I wanted to specify. Be fine. So I'll give you that exclusivity. And, alright. Seer puts the bottles down, slowly stands up. And Aluya, I don't know how you would react, but how tall are you, actually? I'm 5'7". I think, if I remember correctly, we're both the same height. 5'6", excuse me. Oh, then Seer is a little bit taller than you, but they put their arms out, open a gaped, as if they are offering to let you come in for an awkward hug. They are not very sociable, you know? Aluya stands up and her eyes go big. She's just opening up her arms slowly with glee. It's okay. I don't mind the heat a moment. Just bring it in. Oh. You're going to do most of the work. I'm just going to stand here. Oh, that's okay. I squeeze you. Oh, God. This has got to be an awkward moment, too, because like it's like this hot, burning sensation for Aluya. But for Sierra, it's like a shocking sensation. But the thing is, I don't know how my character would react to something like this. They don't usually get hugs. I think I'll roll something for them. There you go. And I'm going to let Gray decide what happens. No, I, I got something in mind. All right. I'm just going to roll. It's just going to be a wisdom. And then wherever it flies, you tell me. Um, I got something for both you and uh, Aluya. And I'll get a roll ready here. Make you both make uh, constitution saving throws and I'll tell you what happens. I have a threshold in mind. Oof. Alright. Uh, okay. Now, I have been wondering how long it's going to be before those two fuck. <laughs> I got a 14. Oh. 14. <laughs> oh, okay. Aluya has never given Sierra a big hug, so it makes sense. No, hey, well, I'm actually gonna do something uh, a little... Uh, just uh, uh, flavor this up for me, because something actually will occur i just need to uh, look up a few things here but flavor your uh, behavior for me well that's what i was gonna say so let me roll my wisdom thing first yep it's just an ability check it's not like a saving throw it's just kind of like deciding what goes on okay so but basically like i said Sears not been given a lot of hugs so it's one of those moments of like emotion where it's just like you know does Sear like the hug and the only thing I could say probably in their head is like they're going like based off how high the whiz analyst, you know, wiseness is strangely as they kind of think about scenarios like who would I want to hug more right now if I'm trying to compare and goes through the list of people. And then they kind of sit there like weird. I'd rather hug Louie over the others. Hey, I was- <laughs> Actually, uh, we're uh, again on the same wavelength and uh, I'm going to add something and you can reassess uh, what you just said right now. Please do. So again, as we uh, see like uh, the embrace between a fire genasi and a human with uh, electricity, we see the elements touching, colliding when they shouldn't be. And as they embrace, we see the uh, potions on... Uh, Al- I believe it was on Aluya, correct? Or was it given to Eddie? Eddie, technically, unless... Because Eddie took the trade. Okay, just to clarify, there, there's no retcons. Uh, uh, all the potions are going to Eddie. I do, in fact, have the position, uh, the potions in my possession. Yep, there's no go-backs. I gave it to Eddie. That's final confirmation. All right, never mind then. I retract my statement because I forgot who gave it to. Well, now I'm terrified. I do have healing potions if that helps. <laughs> don't worry, I just had a really cool roleplay moment, uh, but uh, don't worry. It's been squashed. Yep, it's been squashed. I don't have a... Re- Regardless, though, I think what will happen, and the best way I'd explain it for someone that is socially awkward, 
it's not like they'll hug harder. It's more of like they start feeling awkward, but not awkward in a sense of like, oh, I don't like hugs. It's more of like, I don't know how I'm feeling. Oh, get it off me a little bit kind of thing. Okay. It's like basically kind of like, I would say more of a nervousness behind it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, that that's uh, everyone so far during the short rest. Eddie, I knew, uh, know you had some a little tiny thing you wanted to add on. Uh, do you still have that in mind? I do, mostly because like uh, now that Eddie's like had his uh, heart to heart question mark, uh, like uh, actually like remembering like looking over to like uh, Mr. Peckins. Uh, hey, by the way, it's like uh, what took you so long earlier? I uh, think uh, Peckins says something along the lines of, I think to help out because he doesn't have the right words for this uh, scenario, he points to himself as he says this and i think uh he he points to himself then points to the west and the west would be where uh, the greenhouse is and along with uh everything else on that side and he begins to speak saying i always have to keep an eye on you can't scurry off too far make sure you always make it back home and think uh looking down have you figured out how long it will take come now hopefully you're worth something and again, I, I feel like uh, the motion goes back to pointing to himself. Uh, take it how you will. Or if you want, because again, I know that's very vague. Um, uh, I can offer an insight check as well. Uh, I should probably start offering it more for fucking Peckins. <laughs> if uh, anyone who wants to join in wants to make an insight check, they can. I have ideas, but I would at, the, I would at least accept the... Uh... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I don't want to intentionally be uh, too vague, especially with this uh, character. I, I'm trying my best to be as uh, <laughs> forthcoming with them as I can. Oh, I've been playing a Kenku like uh, the better part of three years. Yep, yep, yep. It, it gets hard because <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think of uh, two uh, like not only two personalities, but how I want to relay this information. I got a choice of <laughs> being a dick or being very clear with one word. Um. All right, uh, sorry. Uh, let me, uh, again, Mavet, remember, I'm going to be offering these uh, uh, insight checks, and you will be re-rolling that. Uh, I, I guess I should say that. If I don't offer the check, we're not going to count the roll, just so we get in the habit. And after enough natural 20s, it won't be an issue. Signed. Okay. Like just after so enough I... natural 20s. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so I got Eddie, I got Mavet. Any of the girls want to join in on this? Um, sure, why not? If I roll terribly, I'm going to laugh, and I have a perfect thing to say. Luya, you joining in on this? No. What's Peckin saying? Oh my god, my vet with the 18 making it 26. Ugh, 13 from Eddie. Eddie, you're a little clueless. It, you're, you're taking it how it is, uh, my vet and uh, Seer. Uh, what you can extrapolate from this, and again, the main reason I'm giving this kind of detailed information, especially from how vague he was, is you guys have been around him long enough. You guys understand uh, understand he has a uh, condition with his speaking. And to be fair, it's like uh, solving a puzzle, trying to think of when this was said and what what is the context. And I think the context is what's important here. The context for uh, the very first thing he said was uh, whoever was speaking to him was keeping an eye on Peckins, and you feel with the motions, especially towards uh, the uh, greenhouse, it looks like uh, uh, our dear friend uh, Peckins here uh, had a, uh, uh, a same feeling as Owen, that uh, Phoenix 
uh, the uh, Fire Genasi wasn't where he once was. Now, how he, uh, how does he know that? How does he get a feel for that? That's up in the air. But he was uh, keeping an eye on Phoenix. And uh, the second part was... Uh, I'm trying to actually remember what the fuck I said. It's about, like, waiting. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, uh, do, do you know how long it will take us, I believe, along that effect? Uh, uh, how yes. long it will take us? Uh, how long we'll be waiting? Um, you have a feeling, because of... Uh, the nature of this dungeon and the subject of uh, of their research, not Owen's research, of uh, Phoenix uh, and uh, Peckin's uh, research, that it could be related to uh, the uh, the award during the context of that conversation. And it stands to reason that uh, that was probably the clearest thing he's uh, said because I, you guys believe that is the context that he was trying to get uh, across as well. All right, holy shit, got a little lightheaded from all that. Uh, the point being. Uh, while he was gone, he was looking at Phoenix and uh, considering the ward. And you know what? I'll even say during this short rest, it looks like uh, Peckins is doing arith- uh, arithmetic on a piece of parchment uh, using uh, one of his own feathers as a quill. Eddie wonders quietly to himself if that hurts every time he does it. <laughs> he nods. <laughs> well, yeah, he looks at you. There's an insight check here. <laughs> Just for shits and gigs. And starts to wonder, like, man, wouldn't it be... Wouldn't it be like, uh, you know, like super awkward if, like, say, your entire spellcasting mechanism was based around like removing feathers from your body? Yeah, he looks at you dumbly, like a dumb bird. Okay. Um, I- I'm sorry. Was there anything else, Eddie? I think, like, uh, considering like his response, it's like, well, I think we're almost done resting, so I guess we're gonna start heading that way pretty soon. Mm. Looks left, looks right, and I think uh, he says some long lines of uh. Repeat after me. Where? Uh, right. Well, honestly, I think this is a situation where I think we gotta tell the big dude that what's happening. See if maybe, like, they can make an exception to let us help because, well, like, he pro- well, he said that he doesn't want, like, us to have the body, but I'm pretty sure that he'd want that guy to have it even less. Uh, Peckins looks a little scared at that suggestion. Don't worry, we at least... I have a way to talk to him without entering the room. So it's not technically breaking our promise. Gives you a clap, even though there's no audible clap with feathers. <laughs> and it looks like uh, he, he appreciates your cunning. Uh, actually, even so far as to say, uh, repeat after me. Clever. But yeah, I guess, like, uh, does anybody else have anything they want to do during the, the, uh, the short rest? Because, like... Uh, because at least as far as like the clock is concerned, like you know, like we're almost around that time anyway. Nah, honestly, I think we're pretty good. Aluya already covered something that made me laugh, so I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just to clarify, it, it sounds because no one argued with uh, Eddie's suggestion. It looks like you guys are going to try to communicate with the Iorgu and uh, tell him Phoenix broke into uh, the grave of ill omens. I mean, I think that's a great idea, just by the fact that they're being like, "Oh, hey." you know, don't come in here. And they're like, well, someone's already in there. And they're gonna be like, what? You know, let's do it. Okay. Um, I think at that moment, an hour has passed. Uh, well, I should say specifically on the clock, 45 minutes since I uh, took up that time with the barrel. It is now 6.17. Well, should we get going? No time to waste. I'm prepared. I might not be able to be effective in combat, but I know that even throwing some of this can be effective. Are you gonna 
Okay, so you're going to hold on to all of them, and uh, that's going to be your main way of attacking. I mean, think of it's more like a tool belt of things. If I can't do anything else, I try those. I have daggers I could burn and bolts to burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's the thrown range on a dagger? Uh, uh, 1530? 2060. Oh, 2060? Um, okay. Uh, I'll say it's, I, I believe it, it's fair to say, uh, uh, treat the treat the potions with the same range. It'll be a ranged uh, attack, and uh, on a hit, uh, those effects will happen on a miss. No, I'm not going to deal with the splash. If you miss, you miss. You, you got some pretty powerful consumables there. Um, is that uh, acceptable to you? I think that works. Okay. Uh, yeah, so whenever you make attack, just uh, treat the roll with uh, uh, your uh, daggers. Cool, cool. Yep, yep. Okay. Or if I got time, I'll work something up for you. But anyways, uh, uh, floor is open. You guys can move your tokens, do what you want. Uh, hey, yep, I'm ready. Seer, I got your back. We can move along. Seer squirms a bit when they said the back, and they feel uncomfortable. They don't know why. And that's what bothers them more is that they don't know why. Yeah, I was going to say, I will say like in your like mind's eye that you do see like two blue piercing eyes staring at you, but that's it. Two blue piercing eyes. Yep. Two blue piercing eyes. Hmm. Again, this isn't supernatural. This is like uh, the effect of doing something and it triggering the memory. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's one of those moments of like they won't say it out loud, but it's kind of one of those moments where they make a visible sound of like thinking. Okay, but uh, yeah, it is all you guys. You guys want to move to start doing things? It's all your game. Be afraid. Door's right there. I'm going to go behind Sierra. I told her I got her back. Okay. You literally got her back. <laughs> For me right now, though, it's completely dark, so I'm going to reload my thing. Yep, go right ahead. Uh, has it been dark the entire time? Um, it, it has been for a moment once, you know, we went on break, so I'm just going to refresh. refresh. Still bloody. Hmm. Okay. Um. Right now, I'm just gonna pause for one second. No movement. Um. I will say, uh, good old uh, Mavet, as you're walking down, leading the way, looking down uh, the corridor with the yellow rug and the bloody footprints leading to uh, the west and uh, the stone door. You do see like vines beginning to slightly push it open, crawl out. Interesting. Uh, do I? Is there any? druidic messages around it Ooh, that's good uh not right here but that would have been a good question when you were in the forest because again this uh, a lot of this is druid based i'll wait for the party to catch up yeah i was so gonna I say everyone's to... free to move i unpause the game all right eddie which way do we go follow the footsteps uh if i recall correctly it's like yeah it's down uh down that hallway to the right just don't open the door it is directly to the west to the right. If we're, if we're if we're going south, then to the right is west. Fuck. Ha ha. I hurt my brain like that. <laughs> it made sense to me. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. Uh, don't. I'm gonna lock the door for a moment. Uh, rest of the party, uh, fall suit. Yep. But you do see a crack. Um, I will not say that there is enough to. Yeah, there there's not. Uh, there's not enough to actually look through it, but a crack opens up and is filled with foliage, uh, vines specifically, that are crawling and expanding outward. What do you all do? What's the hold up? This is the part where I'm going to try and talk to them without opening the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which case, like, Eddie is going to attempt to message the 
individual message. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, like, as we know, message can uh, trip. We don't need a line of sight of uh, the person. You've already met this person. You've talked to them, and they should, yeah, they're definitely within the radius. The only issue would have been, like, if, uh, if like, the any barriers were, like, too thick for it to pass by, but we're, as far as I know, not in any barrier significant enough for that. Hang on. Uh, tell me the... What, what what's the dimensions of the barriers? Oh god, it depends on the material. Give me a second while I pull that up. It's, <laughs> it's like three feet of wood, I think. Uh, An inch of common metal. Yeah, I was gonna say you guys are in like a. Uh, uh, um, just to clarify, it is a stone wall. Uh, stone walls, and they are thick. It is one foot of stone. So is it thicker than one foot of stone? I don't think the doorway would be. Yeah, exactly. That that's where I'm harping on is everything. Like he cannot talk through these walls, but the door. Right. No, there, there's no way it's a foot long. Yeah, you, you're perfectly capable of that. But I will keep that in mind. Thank you for telling me that. What do you say? Uh, it's also yeah. I was right. Uh, three feet of wood. So that'd be a really thick door if it were a wooden door anyway. But uh, <laughs> yeah, are you still in there? What did you do? Just grunting. You sound hurt. You sound hurt. Are you okay? What did you <coughs> do? Uh, we didn't do anything. In fact, we just kind of came to tell you that a bad guy got in. The vines on the door sprout out and grow to uh, a foot longer in length. And there is just radio silence. Um, actually, I would say, because I actually want to reflect that on the clock uh, five minutes ago. And again, if you reiterate, keep talking to him, that five minutes of silence uh, goes on. Oh, completion. Uh, during that time, uh, would you uh, allow for the silence or talk to him? Uh, I think he would continue. Okay, continue. Yeah, go on. It's like, like, look, if you're hurt, we can try to help, but you don't let us through, like, this really bad guy is going to get that body. And I don't think either of us wants that. He's definitely going to do some bad stuff with it if he gets it. Five minutes have gone through. That was in that duration. And he ponders. Let, let me tell you the aspect uh, you, you want him over on. You've uh, convinced him that someone, something is in there. That it's 100%. I know that's not everything you wanted from uh, from that check. But that is assured, and that will be reflected on uh, following checks here. And I think we hear him say, How? How did someone make it past me? They kind of cheated. They teleported. Second? Who's near the door? Mavet. Mavet. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mavet, I got something for you. Woo! Yep. And we're going to do a dexterity saving throw, and I'm going to send it right to you. Okay. You see it? All right. All right, half damage. Okay. Okay, that would be a 12 piercing damage. Um, And I'll apply that to your token, don't you worry. And I'll explain how that happens. All right, so as you say teleported, not only have you mentioned, hey, someone snuck it past you. Hey, someone teleported. He tried to keep his cool, tried to remain calm. And it seems like uh, these vines were reactive, or I should say a reflection of his... Uh, 
uh, current state of mind as we see the vines jut out spring to accelerated growth about uh, 10 to 15 feet here. Um, I'm going to settle on a solid 10 right before you, Eddie. My vet, you see a essentially a current of vines uh, piercing at you. Uh, jabbing through you like uh, javelins. We see one go through your chest, another one go through your shoulder, missing anything vital or important. But yeah, after all said and done, there's a little bit of a blockade of vines uh, keeping uh, good old uh, Mavet in place. At this moment, Mavet, you are restrained. We're going to deal with you in a second. I can actually put it on your character. Uh, please go on, Eddie, while I'm trying to settle things here. Uh uh, my friends and I were able to see a vision where, well, yeah, it's the necromancer. They were in a bad spot, so they did a very, I guess, risky teleport. And I guess it worked because now they're in the grave. The Genasi. But yeah, I think she'll say this out loud. They were called like the Phoenix, right? Correct. Right. Comes back to the message. Yeah, calls himself the Phoenix. Actually, I do want to correct you, uh, Seer. As you know, since you invented the system, it's not a title, it's an actual name. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's, it's like, no, like, they're the Phoenix. The Phoenix is their name. Yes. Yeah, it's like saying the Eddie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, min- minor thing aside, it, you get your point across. Um, the Phoenix. And I feel like we hear a, a loud roar echo through uh, the hallway. Or I should say through the door, through the hallway, we see the vines wiggle, but it remains. Um, He is uh, clearly upset. And I think it would finish off after the bellowing roar. We hear hacking and coughs, even though it is a creature uh, made of vines and uh, uh, foliage. I don't have a better way of explaining uh, uh, being sick. Uh, Eddie will message then, like, Look, whether it's because you're sick or because you can't leave where you're guarding, but if you give us permission to pass, we'll try to stop him. We won't do anything else. We both want the same thing, don't we? We don't want the necromancer to get that body, so that's all we're going to make sure doesn't happen. And uh, DC is Lord because of what you said before. Damn! Yeah, 26. Again... Long uh, pause, long silence. And then, Melora, give me. And you see the vines begin to retract from the door. And the door opens. And he follows it up with, Hey, enter. Says to Eddie before they walk forward, be like, So, just to make sure, I won't step in right away till you make sure you, you let them know that I'm not the Phoenix. I don't want to be clubbed. Oh, he already met you before i don't think he knew my name i'm actually trying to remember if previous seer introduced themselves or not (laughs) i don't believe uh, many of you guys uh, introduced yourselves he got to the point of why the fuck you're here but uh that aside he did not attack seer on site that's the important issue at hand yeah but uh in which case like uh i guess now that malvet's been let go (laughs) yep i'll get rid of the restrained condition on him i like I did promise him, though, that the only thing that we're going to do is make sure that the Phoenix dude doesn't get the body. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I guess Eddie could have imagined, but like, as they're, as we're all going in, just like, what is this? What is the state of this being? 
Oh, uh, it used to have uh, blue foliage. Now it's all brown. It's slumped on its chair. It is weak. There's no muscle behind it. It is <laughs> as thick as a branch. Uh, imagine a mummified corpse. And as it speaks, it its spittle is black ichor. As you guys walk in, it, he tries to say something and nothing comes out of his mouth. <coughs> <coughs> There you are. Uh, what happened to you? Only those with Malora's blessing may enter the grave of ill omens. <coughs> I am bound by this task. I have failed. And you did the best you could with what you could do. It was not good enough. Yes, I don't really know Malora that well, but think they'll understand. Can only pray. One favor, Otter. Please tell her that I am sorry. I'll make sure they know. Smoke is billowing from his uh, stu- uh, empty cavity of his stomach. The eyes on both of his uh, uh, packs are dimming. <sighs> I grant you access. There is but one issue. <sighs> T. Heaves himself up from the throne, and we see a magic sigil underneath the throne. And as he steps aside, tearing the curtain from his walk, some of his leaves on his body drift to the sigil, and they begin to crumble and die, lighting up the sigil. And as it does, we see that the, uh, the dais begins to rotate and screw downward, revealing a staircase. And looking down this staircase, you can see that there's some thorny vines that are growing and reaching and writhing. And something seems a bit strange. But the vines that were climbing through the door you've seen prior, it's easy to piece it together see a big-ass Venus flytrap monster. Its roots are growing, but as you look at the roots of this plant, you see that's attached to all the soil that's uh, a part of this uh, room. None of it reaches downward. Blight is on this land. (sighs) Thorns and vines. Recently, some of these vines made it downward, reaching the grave, trying my best to clear the way but the more I tear, the more grow in its place. And Mavet, as you look at these vines, you feel vibration in your body, a call. Bum, 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 bum. Just the echo of footsteps through your very soul. You, there, one made of fire, pointing towards Seer. Yes, I may be a service to you. Use your devil craft to burn the vines. I can easily do that. At least I'll try. I have something a little bit more potent that could lit a flame to things. So does he want me to light it on fire right now? Yeah, light it on fire. Walking over to where Mavet is, just slowly striding forward. Yep. They will put out a little bit, so maybe one dose of the dragon a- draconic ashes with a produced flame. They will throw it at the spot which probably will make it explode with fire. I could burning hands it too, but I kind of want to keep my burning hands. 
Okay, dra- okay dragon a- uh, ash mixed with what again? One more time. Produce flame. Basically gunpowder and a fire. Okay. Make me... I, I Okay, this is going to sound a bit weird. You, you do this, but I want a arcane check. And I, for your intentions, I'm going to tell you, you want to roll low. That's a terrible thing to tell me when I am really good at arcana. Yeah, I know. Wow. Aluya, take your top off. Give her a disadvantage. <laughs> Oops. Sear <laughs> turns around. Uh, I, I would laugh so hard if that's how it works. I don't know. I would have to roll for it. Mm-hmm. But regardless, so I'm going to first roll to Arcana. If Gray's nice, he might give me disadvantage. Watch me get a natural 20, guys. Because uh, you, you're very smart. Oh, actually, that's a 5. So that's a 14. I rolled lower than I could. That's actually a really good sign. Yep. So you ro- uh, you rolled low. You rolled uh, 14. DC was 15. Um, This is what happens. You do produce flame. You do it with the dragon's ash. And some of the vines catch on fire. The issue is it's not going out. It keeps consistently burning. But you do clear the way. The issue is even as it crumbles and fades. You now have a a vine that's disintegrated say like uh from top right to the bottom left going directly across the uh, entrance that remains in fire in place that makes sense to you there is no body to it anymore the fire remains and you feel if you would have gotten high you would have taken care of the vines clearing a passage that you could walk through but your allies they probably wouldn't be able to make it through without getting hurt Again, if you want, if you want to try it again, you can. But it is a long hallway. No, if the thing is, we don't want to get hurt, especially in a situation where I'm like I'm tapped out. A lot of people are tapped out, and a lot of things, except for Eddie. So, as we go, I could always just keep produce flaming. I I have infinite amount of that. It's just that having it now start to burn and not, you know, start hurting people is good. It just means then I could just use that control burn and continue forward. So would you like to keep doing Produce Flame? Yeah, I have infinite amount of that. Okay, uh, how long do you spend uh, doing this to start off with? What's your experimental phase? Well, that's why I was trying to do the Ashen Pile to see whether or not it would be the most appropriate approach to like knocking it down. And it seems like it did opening up a way to open a passage, but it, doing it too much could be dangerous, setting it off. So now like a surgeon, you just slowly using that flame to surgically remove it without causing it to, you know, being worse. And I just continue forward with that idea of like, now I know the precise amount of pressure I need to put into. Okay. Um, ju- yeah, just to clarify, the dragons, uh, dragon ashes did amplify your effect. Um, I'm going to say 10 minutes have passed with you doing this. I'm not going to require a, uh, a check this is just a preliminary investigation. Uh, you get through the uh, first, I'm going to say, yeah, the uh, first, you get through three vines. Because again, like it does, uh, unlike uh, the ash that stuck to uh, the previous uh, vine, uh, these uh, flames do not linger in place. They surgically go about and take care of the vines. But again, this is long hallway filled with this. If you want, you can keep trying and we can expedite this to uh, a longer dedication if you'd like to. 
I mean, the key thing is that I only have so much of the Draconic Ashes. I'm waiting till like there's a spot where I can't really, you know. No, no, that's perfectly fine. I'm, I'm saying the side effect of using those Draconic Ashes is the flames remain well after burning it. That's the issue. You get the speed, but you also keep the flames. With what you're doing is a slower process, but it doesn't uh, create a hazard. The issue is time. You have no idea how much time it will cost you to uh, go through all of this. So are you going to dedicate yourself to try to get rid of all these vines, or are you going to go through a different avenue? Let's see. Let me also see if I have anything else I could pop out of my items. I do have torches, so I could also speed that up too. All right. So basically... I don't want to burn all my draconic ashes. That stuff I could replicate. That'd be great. Mm. Um, well, if if you feel it, if it at least seems like the impression would be that you know, like more people adding like uh, more fire, like you know, like between uh, uh, between attempts with like seer, like you know, Eddie could also attempt potentially help. Okay, if you have a firebolt or some sort of way of causing fire, yes, I would help expedite it, but I need to stress out to the party, you have no idea how long this hallway is. And so far, through uh, 10 minutes, it, 10 minutes is what it took for one person to go through uh, three vines, just to clarify that. But uh, I'm open to suggestions and uh, ideas or uh, 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 clever solutions here. If I had a flame blade, I totally would just chop these things down, no problem, but I already burned that one. Wait, it's a straight line? Can I it, lightning it's go it, It's at an incline. It's at a 45 degree incline for a hallway. It, you could easily, like, uh, slip down like it's a fucking shoot at a certain point. Sadly, I would have to keep going on my end of things. If I use burning hands, it only helps with, like, one go of things, but it's a hallway, so it's like we're just grinding our way down. If I had Flaming Sphere, this would be so easy. Would the green flame blade help, Bunny? Uh, does not uh, target a creature, or is that on a melee attack? Dang it, you're right. It is a creature. I mean, vines are creatures. Oh, not nice. I need solutions here. Uh, so it, if the party wants to, it, it sounds like Eddie and Luya are capable of uh, adding uh, to uh, uh, clearing this out. Um. If that's the route you want to go, tell me how long you're going to do it for. And uh, I'll give you a uh, allotted amount of checks and tell you how much you progress. Yep. And uh, also keep in mind that right now, through all the talks and everything that's happened so far, it is now yep, uh, 7 o'clock. Well, while they're working on that, since Mavet has nothing to offer in terms of help, can I study the creature, this giant um, vine worm looking thing uh the venus flytrap or uh the person talking to you guys no the venus flytrap yeah make me a nature check as uh the party please uh, dis uh d discuss amongst yourselves your course of action here uh they look like pretty plants um you they're foreign and that makes sense to you i mean you you were literally born what yesterday or two days ago well yeah yesterday and i'm not originally from here yep yeah, this is just a foreign plant to you. Yeah, so you're just studying this creature, um, petting it? I would say not petting, but, like, feeling it with, like, a finger. Yeah, and it purrs like a cat to you. Um, yeah. Aluya, are you assisting uh, the otter and the genasi? Yep, however, I, I have a torch, so... You have a torch? <laughs> yep, light it up. 
Yep, light up the torch. We got three people working on this. All right. I I wonder if this would maybe like help ease the check at all. But um, uh, but if say Eddie were to gust of wind, it's like uh, with the wind in the direction of the vines. Would that uh, potentially like help, like essentially like spread the fire further down the hallway? Banning the flames. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would allow that. Um, I, I'll say like you'll grant not only grant uh, advantage on uh, both of uh, Seer and Louis' rolls, but I'll double the amount that they're burning because that seems appropriate. Um, yep. Uh, be- before you guys settle on anything, I would recommend look at your inventories, the party inventory, or uh, even Louis' notes. Make sure you go over everything. Make sure uh, you, you understand what you have and. Uh, uh, once you understand like uh, what kind of equipment you have, if you're settled on this, we can go right ahead. Yep. But until then, um, set up here. And like my personal inventory is the the least interesting. So uh, uh I beg to differ. I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, burning. Just so you know, I gave Aaliyah my torches. So Aaliyah should have like eight more torches. Perfectly fine. Um, you both will roll at advantage. If uh, I, I still would recommend that. Even uh, Sierra and Luya look through your inventory. Make sure you have an understanding of what you have. We'll move forward. And give it, okay, I got a couple d- uh, different DCs in mind. All of them are lowered because of uh, arcane nature and a straight dexterity check. Because I don't want to go uh, sleight of hand. But I'll be assumed of uh, you being careful. Everyone have a look. Everyone uh, uh, settled. Everyone ready? Oh, yeah. I don't think my troll's going to help me out in this situation at all. No, I don't believe so. If I don't hear any butts, then we're going to move on forward with this plan. Great, unless the implication would be that I would be using the potion of growth to cut through these vines. Like, uh, I just don't think we've been fitting. No, that's perfectly fine. Most of my shit's mundane. I don't know why you're implying things about my inventory. Uh, Again, I'm not going to go into detail about it. Like, uh, I'm... I'm not going to make this the same situation with uh, the rat because that was a stretch in my judgment. If you don't believe you have uh, anything of use, and uh, I'm perfectly fine with following with this plan. It's perfectly fine. It's there. There isn't a set path for you guys to take. All right, then I'm going to roll with advantage for Arcana first. Okay, perfectly fine. Snake eyes. Yep, with double advantage. eight. Seventeen. All right, I'll write that down. This will be for the first hour. What am I doing? I'm rolling double the same number. What are the chances? What the hell? Uh, I, I apologize. Um, I, I meant choose one if I didn't specify. Um, uh, these are these are options you can pick. We're sticking with the arcane. Okay, thank you. I was gonna be like, what yeah, the perfect, hell? Yeah, per- perfectly fine. These are just avenues. Um, Aluya, um, may, uh, can you do you have a pop up in front of you? Just to clarify. I do have a pop up in front of me. Okay. I will take nature. Does that come at advantage? All of them are at advantage. You can just pick one that you'd like to use. Nature, and I will guidance myself. Perfectly fine. It'll query you. You can add a 1d4 to that before you roll, and it'll all be added together. Okay. Let's see what you got. Okay, 17. Both of you got 17. Okay. Uh, Seer, you, uh, you burn 40 feet into the hallway. Aluya. You burn 20 feet into this hallway for a total of 60 feet. And that's what happens within the first hour. Um, you guys can flavor this up. I'll move uh, across the time. Tell, uh, educate me on the teamwork here. I'm just uh, carefully uh, lighting whatever Sears like. Yeah, do that. 
in specific spots and hoping that Eddie can do his thing and really get it going to shoot it down into this hallway. Yeah. Um, you know what, Aluya? I'm going to give you this um, just for uh, shits and gigs. Um, uh, do you, does anyone have a cutting instrument on them, like a dagger? I have a dagger. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, like, at least one experiment. Um, is that, like, a, a non-magical uh, dagger doesn't uh, even so much as scratch these vines. Or I should say, not scratch, that, that imply immunity. Uh, it, you, I would say that, like, a, a slashing at it, like, it seems like these vines are resilient towards a, a cutting. Mm. Okay, first hour uh, went by 60 feet. Um, you are not towards the end of the hallway. Not yet. What do you do? Looks like I'm going to have to use some burning hands. Can you? I can. I would just burn my only resource. Okay. Um, since you're uh, spending a resource, I'm going to say, uh, just to clarify uh, how I'm working this out, is when you go five above the uh, uh, threshold, you're uh, essentially going uh, double amount, uh, double the uh, double the amount. So check my notes here quick. Well, that's also what I was going to mention, because burning hands goes a 15-foot cone, so it's kind of nice. Yeah, so... Well, I just want to specify like what I'm doing behind the scenes here is like a going five above the threshold uh, doubles the amount of distance you're burning, and uh, basically uh, Eddie is also doubling that, making it uh, four times the regular amount. I'm gonna say with uh, burning hands, if you just meet the DC, it'll be a uh, three times the amount. If you go uh, 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 over the threshold by a certain amount, it could be uh, four times the amount before. Uh, <laughs> Eddie doubles that. Does that sound fair to you? I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you here. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. You you are having an impactful step here. Uh, everyone in agreement? Same tactic? Mm-hmm. All right, uh, same as before. I'm going to take uh, Aluya and Seer. Make the roll. This time is ticking by here. That is a 20. Mm, okay. Okay, let's go over this. Um, Aluya, you, let me start off with you. You go another 20 feet. Hallelujah. Siri, so you go 100 feet. And let's see uh, the total amount here. Uh, four, six, eight, 180. You guys go 180 feet in. But again, with the foliage, you can't see through it. You don't know how much longer that you have in mind. But another hour does pass. That is an extremely deep yep. corridor. Mm-hmm. You are going downward and downward and downward. Like you've seen in the scrying pool, it seemed like uh, the ceiling of that. Uh, it, it seemed like uh, the grave of ill omens had a ceiling to it. You can only assume that it is really deep. But again, you made damn good progress. It not. It might not be the worst idea at this point to do the lightning bolt, cause <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same. Shouldn't take this long. Let's do it. All right, let's give it a whirl. So I'm getting frustrated in our efforts. I'm going to be like, yeah, fuck this shit. Get out of the way. She'll go rub her hands together and form a little lightning lob and just roll it like a bowling ball through these vines and see what she can get. Okay, uh, d- tell me in detail, what what is your lightning thing? Sure. Yeah, I, I assume it's uh, maximizing lightning damage or are you talking about the... Rea- no, it can't be the reactive feature. I assume it's your channel divinity. No, it's my lightning bolt to spell. Oh, actual lightning bolt. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, just uh, post it in chat, and I'll see how I want to adjudicate this, since I believe it is a straight line. I mean, it is a hallway, so... It goes pretty deep, too. 
Yeah, well, the, the main reason I was going with the burning uh, hands... Uh, 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 press info. Don't uh, press. Don't press the temperature. It's a hundred foot line. Damn. Yep. Looking for a particular line, it does ignite flammable objects. It does. It does. Okay. What I love about lightning is that it's not going to be impeded. It very well just go through everything at once. All right. Um. You. You know what? If you want to spend that, we we can say it's a full distance. Um. Just to clarify, uh, difference in level. I believe is that a third level spell? Correct. Yep. And Burning Hands is uh, first or second? It is a first level spell. Okay, so I am judicating this properly. Add that with proper roll, extended your range. I'm going to honor the fact that this is a third level spell. No need for uh, a check. It will go the 100 feet. It says clears day. It ignites objects. You do it. Uh, are we still burning along with uh, this uh, uh, lightning bolt? I mean, I, wherever the hole is, I'm going to burn it out. Okay, I'm going to specify towards uh, Seer. I assume Eddie is still assisting with the spells. Yep, all right. I'm going to request a roll from Seer. Make sure you roll that at advantage. And I assume it's Firebolt. Produce Flame. Produce Flame, thank you. Produce Flame is a lot more potent. Okay, just to specify the threshold. The threshold is like a 10 for fucking Arcana. And you went uh, three times over that? Or not three times, but my increment is five. I've just been slowly going higher and higher each time. Yep, that's uh, 30 feet, doubled by uh, Eddie. That's 60. Okay, 60 feet. Let me do the math here. Uh, that'd be 80. Uh, 40 is the remainder. Okay. Yeah, two, yeah, 240. And then the lightning bolt. All right, you guys got the threshold. Yep, with, without a doubt. So uh, flavor this up for me as you guys break through the vines through a 300-foot hallway. I just want to imagine, literally, it's like as Sears doing it, Aaliyah just... What would Aaliyah say in frustration before they just launched his lightning bolt for, like, everybody to duck away? I said, yeah, pretty much. Okay. A little bit more flavor. This was a significant. A lot of resources and time went by to make this happen. And again, I will say an hour has gone by for this final little tidbit. Because even with Aaliyah's lightning bolt, there was still more vines in the way. Uh, no, you know what? You guys spent a resource. That was 30 minutes. Not a full hour. But that's why I was going to say, it's like, while we're digging through, Aaliyah just says something, Seer dodges out of the way as just like a hole is made through, and then Seer just looks and goes like, I'm not wasting this gift. Thank you, Aaliyah. Aaliyah. As they kind of just start burning faster. It was going to take forever. I could not do it. I'm so sorry. Why are you apologizing? This helps us. Uh, well, yay for me, then. Okay. Uh... Yeah, what do I want to do with this? Because this is a unique uh, solution. If you guys couldn't tell, this was a obstacle that you guys uh, strided right through. And I do want to reward you for thinking outside the box here. Um, I'm going to say 300 EXP to everyone involved uh, with uh, clearing the hallway. Mavet, you get 50 for talking to the plant. Um, yes, excellent. And uh, you guys also avoided a uh, mini boss encounter with this as well. So congratulations. Is this, is the joke here that there was just like a, a mini boss in there that just got like lightning bolted? No, 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 no. It, it, it you don't need to know the connection. All you guys gotta know is uh, uh, one of the solutions was a uh, mini boss fight that you guys avoided, and I applaud you for it. Yeah, there there were a few solutions. Uh, no need to go over all of them again. Uh, you guys found your own solution, and we're gonna stick with it. Okay, you're getting near uh, towards the end of the session, and. What I thought would take about uh, three sessions to get to, we got into one. 
So congratulations, everybody, as you guys begin to uh, carve your way through, like burning at these vines here, leading the way, uh, Aluya with the torch, then finally Aluya having enough dropping the torch and lightning arcing from her spear, piercing through all these vines until we see a light at the end of a very, very dark tunnel. As you guys begin to walk forward and forward as this light gets wider and wider, you guys are blinded as you come to an undergrowth. You come to a grove. Looking upward, you see stalactites hanging from the ceiling, but no darkness or shadow uh, casted by them as you see orbs of light fluttering through the sky itself. You see fireflies of uh, a rainbow of colors around uh, this garden of sorts. Trees and thickets and vines, not thorny vines, but regular vines, lead away. What's your initial reaction uh, reaction to this environment? Because you see nothing in sight besides a forest before you. Is this all underground? Are we under the ground? Are we still under the ground? I'm kind of confused where we are now. What if we went to a different portal? Yes, a little bit. Like, another dimension? No. Like, no. No, no, no. What's you? Oh, uh, you know what? I'm willing to offer this. Um, Seer, you can make... Yeah, and I'll offer you this roll right now. You can make history with advantage here. I love how I'm not proficient in history, but I am the smart one. So, uh, what you begin to uh, realize like why is there a forest growing under here what what's causing this I'm gonna say you see this forest this light and you see a statue before you uh you uh, uh begin to ponder why are the trees growing like this why is there foliage why is there light like obviously this is a grove of sorts it belonged to druids but it's underground there should be no way for plants to grow now, I want to imagine, Seer, as you're investigating the trees, the bark, the leaves, one thing is strange to you. The bark has the texture of scales, as does uh, the stem pattern for the leaves. As you begin to feel the texture, these even a leaf, as you begin to pluck it, you struggle to pluck at it. And as you do, bending the leaf, you can't bend it. It's firm. It is strong. Looking at the soil, looking at the, um, looking at the soil here, you, uh, begin to, uh, notice that it is very rich with nutrients. And you remember something. There is a thing called dragon soil. It's named after, uh, areas where, uh, dragons uh, are buried, essentially, after a combat. And after years upon years, a lot of foliage begins to grow. And what makes it unique is that plants that grow in the soil tend to grow faster. In fact, it grows at a, I, I hesitate to, uh, say a quarter of the speed, but, you know, a, uh, it takes a quarter of the time for a plant and foliage to grow in its usual time. Essentially, uh, its growth is uh, expanded uh, four times its uh, uh, usual potency. And to bring it up, uh, a unique quality of the soil is that you do not need to uh, provide it with sunlight or water. It is a very, 
very expensive soil. And it leads you to believe that all around you, you found a vast deposit. But what's causing it? Ooh. There's no dragons that are dead here. Um, that's what I'll give you. Well, if I were to describe this to all of you, if we were greedy adventurers, the dirt all about here would make us the wealthiest people of all the Earths. But it's also one reason why the plants don't die. Or why they are so full of virility. So, useful for us later, right now, would explain why the druids keep this area safe. Which is also maybe why the wizard's been dying to be here. What, and again, I need to stress out, uh, Seer, you had a high roll, but I gave you the cursory knowledge that people know about the soil. There could be many more magical benefits that you aren't aware of. All that you know for sure is whatever grows in here uh, essentially has uh, the property of, uh, of draconic uh, scales. Oh, I'm aware. It's just that it's beautiful to realize, but that's why I said it's something important later. But right now it's like, but that's what makes it dangerous is that now we must pursue forward to resolving the problem now. It does mean, though, that we don't have to worry about the place being destroyed easily. Yeah, I would say, well, it's the main reason why it was so hard to even get here in the first place. That that aside, I would say you guys are kicking up dirt to move forward, but the ground is very firm and strong. Even if you try to kick at the soil, you don't make much of an impact. What do you guys do? So, which way do we go, Eddie? Uh, well, if I had to make a guess, I would probably... Probably see if there's any burning, like either smelling or seeing. All right, then let me step away from you guys so you could do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So let, let's get things straight here. I, it sounds like we're going to try to make a survival check to track for uh, evidence of uh, a fire that a fire genasi would uh, uh, leave behind, such as burning footsteps, uh, the smell of smoke. Uh, am I correct with that? Honestly, like a looking to Muvet, I, I don't want to assume things, but can you talk to plants? I I can do animals, sadly not plants, at least for today. So wait, how tall how tall is this area again? Uh, tall, like uh, the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, I would say it's about the same amount. Uh, three hundred feet. You know what? I'm gonna look up there. You guys can look down here. As Eddie's just going to like start floating up. Okay. <laughs> I will say before you do do that, uh, everyone does hear a rustle. Uh, rustle. It's a pretty bad stealth check on my part. Um, it does uh, come from the bushes. Do you guys investigate or ignore? Because again, remember, there is a timetable here. Mavet's right on it. Well, he did say he does animals, so I guess it would make sense for him to be right on it. Uh, this is what you see. You see one head pop out. And it's hard to tell what exactly it is. As antlers has the ears of a deer and it looks like a child but it's hard to tell whether it's a boy or a girl orange paint goes across their face and they do the silly you know like uh, hooking each side of their mouth and sticking out their tongue at you when you uh, come closer okay then i will Mavet will be confused he is going to cover his face i'm gonna have to make will safe yeah um you see her uh see it i should say not her you see it disappear. <laughs> it was followed by a scream. Well, that took care of that. Ah! Oh, hey, you scared it. Well, at least we know it's not a threat. Well, we could be getting with people. They also could have told us if there was something that came by. 
I mean, before you shock it, we should at least make them know that we're not enemies and that we need dire help. Then Mavet will hook his fingers and his mouth and try to imitate the face and do like a happy little dance to try to communicate with the creature to see if it takes that as a sign of happy of we're, we're, we're good we're doing performance here a performance and i'll give you the role yeah and i'll request that role and i think you hear echoing bully bully you're a bully <laughs> just crying at your scary performance and strangely enough you hear it from two locations one in front one in back of you Mavet. I haven't been in a situation since I was a sapling. Uh, Mavet's going to cover his face and call out the seer. I think they're too scared of me. Maybe one of you two ladies, well, Kalia's gone. It's more focused that seer can help. Um, tell them we're nice. Uh, hold on. I have an idea. As Eddie is going to reach into his bag, yeah. pull out his snuggle beast. Hey, you want to come and pet my little friend here? We get the gods after us. We can't save it like that. Uh, make me a perception check. I'll give you the roll. I won't ask questions about why I'm making a perception check. I'll, I'll explain in a second. Uh, you can add that uh, 1d4 as well. Sorry. Worry. I just gotta remember that every time I open it up. Okay. Uh, that's uh, 15. Um, you notice when you are uh, holding out the uh, snuggle beast that, uh, uh, just clarify, you're holding it out right in front of you. I kind of like holding it out, like giving it a little shake or like emphasizing like little friend. Yeah, um, I'm going to say it gets pulled to your right with a slight tuck. And uh, after that, I'm actually going to have you make a persuasion and we're going to say uh, with advantage. Don't worry, you can uh, query the or you can roll that advantage. How I help is I just do a Vogue stance. That's what I'll do as if I'm being a model because I can't really help with the situation. This is why you keep stuffed animals on you. To lure children. <laughs> hey, that aside. Um, yeah, you, uh, you you see something strange happen here. So a- as you do, you see uh, two pairs of hands reaching for the uh, snuggle beast. And uh, to your left, uh, the child is reaching towards uh, the snuggle beast, making contact with it. But the right is actually pulling it towards them. And they're giving each other a glare. Like, hey, come on now. It's like, a, we can all share, can't we? No, he's mean. No, she's a jerk. I guess you two know each other. Well, I'm Oakley. And I'm Oakley. You said one was invisible, right? Or I, I can't see whatever it is. Oh, uh, are both of them not visible to you? Uh, one's to your left and one's to your right? Oh, no, I thought you described them as being not visible. Yeah, they were invisible, and then they uh, turned visible after making contact with uh, the uh, uh, blanket in question. Okay, okay. And uh, they look identical? Yes, they look identical. Okay. Why are they... Why are they mean? She never shares. He never shares. Well, if both of you think that the other person doesn't share, then doesn't that mean you can prove the other wrong by being willing to share? You don't want them to be right, do you? They're knitting their brow, not sure how to uh, handle this. Um, I'm going to make two wisdoms, or yeah, I'm going to make a wisdom save. And you see the one to your right going, uh, my head hurts. Trying to think that over. 
If your head hurts, let me take a look at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you look closer, and again, this child has uh, uh, locks of blonde hair, uh, bright red nose, uh, fur, and yeah, like uh, practically uh, fur clothes. Uh, she is the uh, spinning, or they are, the uh, spinning image of a deer as a child, as a human child, I should say. Looks like Bambi. Sierra's going to pour water on their hands so they don't accidentally burn the child, and then they will investigate the child. And like, show me your owie. Your hands? That's why I'm pouring water on it. Because the thing is, think of it's hot. And what I'm putting is putting water on it to cool it down. This is what happens. You see, uh, she's uh, coming closer, uh, taking uh, the Snuggie. Trying to take it if uh, the otter releases it. If not, uh, I'd like to hear from Eddie. Uh, like, a, no, he would continue holding on to it and kind of like assert, Hey, remember, we're sharing. Mm-hmm. Stomps the ground a couple times fine and let's go and walks over to seer as she walks over to a seer uh which head do you feel one to the left or the one to the right which one said owie i will say that eddie would at least would at least move so that would move himself just so that he can still be kind of like intermediary snuggle beast sharer police (laughs) okay you see both them trying to grab on uh how are you maneuvering around them I think he probably probably uh, move underneath an arm since he's noodly anyway, and just like reorient himself, like like literally doing that movement exactly as I did, or just like as one was like moving over, and then he just like slide himself underneath an arm. Yeah, and you're being careful about the children, not to harm them, not to mess with them. You're just making uh, keeping the connection with the snuggy uh, the snuggle beast with the one that's holding on to it. Yeah, you uh, do that. Uh, Seer, the one to the left that is holding on to uh, the blanket said, owie, my head hurts. All right, checking their head, basically going like, show me where your owie is. They point to a vein on their head, and it looks like it's throbbing from intense thought. I think I have the best medicine for that. What's that? So are you saying they were thinking too hard and their brain hurts? Yep. Surprise tickles. You do uh, uh, the one in question or both of them? Why not both? Make them both calm down. Uh, make me a dexterity save. Or not dexterity save. Um, hang on, I'll give the check for you. I'm feeling to try to grab a child. Um, that doesn't sound weird. Yeah. Athletics and acrobatics as an option for the recipient. Do I have that uh, clear? Okay. All right, just making sure. I'll query the roll in case you have anything in mind. And uh, I'm going to send it your way, girl. Yeah, now that there are children involved. If there's children involved, they might die. <laughs> not a good thing. I'm being gentle, so it makes sense why my athletics checks is not that great. I'm trying to be gentle. Wow, natural twenty. Uh, they both uh, duck and weave around you. Yep. They and again, I do need to stress out with your passive perceptions. Like uh, their efforts seem coordinated to a T. It's like a uh, an incredible performance. And uh, the entire time, Eddie, uh, I want to say that the snuggle beast wraps around you a couple times with how elegant they are. So. Of course, one only tells truths and one only tells lies. Left, right, left, right, left, right. Going around you, going around you, and they stop. Sierra finally, like, stops and then puts their hands to her hips as they stand up and going like, well, your headache should be gone a little bit. Exercise, as well as playing about, should help you out a bit. I uh, think, like, uh, one of them just goes, uh, mm-hmm, yeah, that really helped. And the other one goes, liar, didn't help. 
Yaha, nah, yaha, nah. And I think uh, one of uh, I think uh, one of them like brims with excitement and just goes, "Hey, lady! Yeah, lady, lady!" Just both of them like going up to you, like both their fists near their uh, chest, pounding it back and forth, or not pounding on their chest, but shaking it back and forth, back and forth in excitement, trying to get your attention. Yes, you too. I don't know your names. It might help me out to be able to say which one. I'm Oakley, and I'm Oakley. They both called themselves Oakley. Next time, Oakley, you gotta raise your hand so I know which one's asking the questions. The one on the left raises their hand and raises it really high. The other one's jumping. The one on the right is jumping up and down to raise theirs, uh, their hand higher. They point to both at the same time. We want a race, they say unanimously. Hmm. A race, you say? Yeah. Do you know a location, or mm-hmm, can we suggest mm-hmm. one? Yeah, we got a playground we like to go to. Oh god, now you're making me think these kids play in garbage and bones. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and it's just like this horrific, like, decaying mammoth. Nobody goes to the elephant graveyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're both, like, shaking their hands up and down, up and down, excited. They want a race. You accept? Hmm. Well, if we do the race, before I say yes to it, well, which direction are we heading if we do the race? Uh, they pout. And they just point in direction. That way. Looks to Eddie. Uh, just to clarify, two separate directions. No, that's how I look to Eddie. Yeah, yeah. One's, yeah, one's pointing to the east, the other one's pointing to the west. So, Eddie, you take Aluya and I take Mavet, or do you want me to take Aluya and you take Mavet? Uh, considers that I would have assumed that you wanted to go with Aluya. Hmm? Uh, I'm going to roll something. Uh, see if you blush. Okay, so here's what's going to be noticeable, Eddie. Their face doesn't change in a sense of, like, facial things. But there is a blush for a Genasi. But the thing is, and this is something, like, with your insight kind of stuff you would know, they don't realize it. Mm -hmm. As they just kind of say, it's like, I don't see why would you think that either way works. Then, yeah, I can take Mavet and Mr. Peckins with me, and you can go with the other one. We're bored! Bored. All right, the race starts now. As Seer just starts bolting. Yeah. Uh, they and after seeing that, they're like, "Hey, that's cheating!" And they go, "Ready, set, go!" And they actually go north, not going in either one of uh, the directions pointed out. I want to uh, hear from uh, Eddie and uh, Seer. Uh, are you sprinting as fast as you can? All of your actions to go as fast as you can. Uh- Actually, yeah, Eddie will do one better as, like, uh, he will start, like, flying for this race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll have to burn all my stuff since I really don't have anything to help me out. But also, I did get that head start, and they run north, but I'm just sitting there go like, ha, knew it, and just start bolting. I, I want to say everyone's running, and we see, like, uh, pollens in the air. And uh, one of the kids does throw like a confetti like a uh, handful of pollens in the air no need for a saving throw or shit like that it's not a hamper obstacle but as these are going along uh floating around along uh, it goes to each one of your hands and you see from uh, both the oakleys they are holding a wood woven pot filled with soil with a flower inside of it that is beginning to sprout and as you look at the first one, look at the second one, everyone looks down in their hands, and they also have a pot with a flower that they are holding. You do not need both hands. You can hold it with one hand. But no matter how you try to jiggle it, 
Wiglet, or even just let go, it just sticks to one of your hands. And I guess we uh, finish off with a scene of uh, one of the uh, Oakleys uh, going head-to-head with a seer near the front, along with uh, Eddie flying near the top, uh, Aluya and Mavet following close behind with Peckins. And finally, we see the uh, last Oakley just uh, frolicking along, skipping in dead last place. And I think that's where we're going to end the session for now. Thank you so much. This has been House Common Blood. The intro and outro music is Oh My Dog by Savick. And any other music and sound effects used in this episode are royalty free. Credits can be found in the episode description. Please review us on whatever podcast listening app you happen to be using. And if you like us, tell other people. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow. Thank you for joining us. Where is the fire?